tune in. Tone up. Your one-stop shop for guitar, tricks, tips, techniques and advice. With me, Gary Shilliday, and my own excellent teacher, Dan Davis. In part two of lesson 12, we look at my other question about jamming, discussing good things to practice and proper etiquette for playing with other people. This episode concludes with some improvisation over a rock backing track. Okay, Dan, I've been jamming with some friends, Mm -hmm. and I just wondered if you had a few hints about etiquette for jamming or how to get the most out of a jamming session. Do you have any trouble when you go jamming with friends, with Um, them or with yourself? Honestly, the best policy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) I've had trouble over the years, I guess. There was a time where I didn't have as much understanding of the guitar and didn't have as good an ear, and I was probably the problem. (laughs) <laughs> where would those you, people where would you say you where would you say you would the fly in the ointment in those particular I think cases? I used to play with my Les Paul and I used to just have the volume up at 10 not change the dynamics at all and you know we played some Nirvana and stuff that didn't necessarily need all that but uh, mm. at the same time I don't think I brought much to the table with the people I was working <laughs> with I think they they probably knew a bit more than me and probably had better ears now I'm working with with people who, you know, they've got great musical sense, great musical taste and everything. But I guess I follow what they do mm-hmm. because the singer is, is a great singer and he plays uh, the harmonica and he, he's got he's got a great sense of rhythm and soloing on the harmonica, so it creates a lovely sound. Um, whereas the songs that he knows on the guitar, he's had to learn, so I just follow what he does. Mm-hmm. So I don't go in going, this is a song of mine, everyone else learn this now on the spot, because they wouldn't be able to play that immediately in the same way, maybe. I think, I, mean? I think with jamming, it depends what you class as jamming. Yeah. If you class it as, I'm going to get together with a mate and we're going to have a play, that's jamming. If we're getting together with some friends and we're jamming some songs, that's jamming. If you're doing an open mic night or a jam night, you know, you may be enrolled in playing a song you know we've, we've all done it you know we happen to be on stage when someone else comes up and you know this song don't you know no i'll follow you <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You kind of sort of you know sort of follow the other guy i've been in that situation quite a lot when i've been hosting jam nights and things so let's deal with maybe just just a handful of the the situations we might find ourselves in and what kind of what kind of works for us I had a friend once, and every time I jammed with him, I imagine he had a counting problem. Numerical dyslexia, perhaps? But, you know, we would do like, oh, let's trade licks. So we'd put on a backing track, and we'd trade licks. I'd have about eight bars, and he'd have about 108 bars. <laughs> and yeah. that's one of the etiquettes, in a way, of, of jamming, is try not to stand on a, someone else's feet. 
Yeah. So, in other words, try not to step on their feet with your sound. If you are going to play rhythm, play it quietly in the background if they're soloing or playing licks. And allow them as much airtime as you would like. And try and divide the licks up fairly. So, by all, all means, have your shout. Don't outstay your welcome when yeah. you're when you're playing with someone else. Try and keep it sort of fair and an even round as well. That's one thing which I definitely think helps and especially live if you, in particular if you're getting into it even at a jam night if you've got other good soloists on stage you know maybe kind of, sort of signal to them that you would like to trade licks with them or would they like a solo yeah i often play at the jam night with a, an amazing bass player called andy lever and he's one of the best bass players i've ever had the or the best bass player probably i've ever ever had the the fortune to encounter and he truly is amazing, you know, in every way, shape or form. He can pick up songs just like that. He's been playing for over 25 years and he's been working on it for that long. And he wants his little solo spot. So you have to allow him that little solo spot. Even in a band situation, it's always been the case that if one guy's stepping forward to do a solo, don't have ego problems, let him have his moment yeah. in the spotlight, you hang back, and then when it's your turn, come forward. So quick question about that. How much of that is pre-planning and how much of that is communication via your instrument? And how much of that is body language communication on the stage? Well, it's a tricky one because when we jam, yes. unless you jammed with the same friend and you always played the same songs, which would be incredibly boring, and you always played the same solo, and it was always of the same length. Yeah, unless that's the case, in which case, not, well, it's sort of jamming of, of a sort, but you kind of know where each other's going. But jamming in the true sense of the word, you know, where you're either working with a backing track or a band, and you're kind of freewheeling it until your time is up. Under those circumstances, I think you need to kind of, you need to look up from your instrument, try and build a rapport with the musicians around you. It's funny, there's a lot of things in music which are etiquette. You know, they always say if you play at a venue where there's a sound man, oh, you haven't taken your own PA. And I've always adhered to this, and I get on very well with sound men for this reason. Learn what his name is. Use it. Be nice. Be sympathetic. Mm. Go for a win-win situation. If he says turn it down, try not to tussle with him too much. Try and explain how you want it. Ask him what he wants come to a win-win situation and you'll get on far better you know the people who are always fighting the sound man it's it's not good karma well at the end of the day he's in control isn't he so he is in control and if he wants to make you sound crappy will yeah you know but you know it's things like that are, are typical sort of live etiquette and those are things that you can even do before the gig if you're playing in a jamming situation at an open mic or a jam session and somebody comes in, lay out some of that beforehand. Yeah, like, I'll look at you for solos, or if I go like that, it's a solo. These things in a band kind of take a long time to bed in, I think. You know, the basics of it bedding quickly. But people who work amazingly together as a team, which is what a real band who gig together regularly is, starts off with the jamming stage. I remember about... Three or four years ago, it's from nearer four years ago, I was playing a New Year's Eve gig at a pub. I was playing with my regular band. Alex was playing guitar for us as well. And him and I have always had that thing. We've always stepped out of the way when the other one is soloing. We've let the other one have their limelight when it's needed. And we've always had each other's back 
always helps each other out if there's a problem with the pedal board or an amp or a guitar we're there we're there we're the first ones to each other's instruments with a screwdriver what can i do to help you and just representation of the non-verbal communication we were playing a song together and just as i was about to solo i dropped my pick and out of nowhere he was using a pick to play the guitar out of nowhere his hand came out of nowhere with a pick on it (laughs) Because he could carry on playing the rhythm without yeah. the... Yeah, yeah. And he saw me drop it. He's like, he needs it more than I do. There you go. And the show goes on. That kind of level of non-verbal communication, you know, I didn't have to go, I need a pick, where's my pick? Can't play without a pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was there. It was automatic. It was, it was quite a weird moment. But the more you play with other people, the more you get used to this, and the more you play with people you don't know, laying out some of the boundaries beforehand... But I'll look at you when it's time to solo, or when we go into the chorus, I'll nod, or something like that, and you make it kind of clear. Yeah. You know, and you, you will find with musicians that are used to gigging all the time, and working off of and with other musicians, they understand that. So that's something you can definitely do. You talked earlier about controlling your sound from the guitar. Yeah. If you're using a sound that's, you know, because this is the other thing, is when we, when we gig... We tend to have, you know, a rig that's that's made for it. So we'll take an amp that gives us all of our sounds. Solo boost, sure. I've got a clean boost pedal. It's in the loop. We're ready to rock and roll. It's all laid out. We're ready to go. Because we've realised after years and years of gigging what works and what doesn't work. But when you're in a jamming scenario, you're hardly going to take a Marshall stack and a coffin of a pedal board for someone's <laughs> jamming their garage, are you? you know, no. Not unless you're a complete egocentric plonker so yeah you'll probably take a little combo maybe a little valve combo and a guitar and a lead maybe a couple of effects on the floor if you want in that scenario we often haven't got all of our gear around us we're already sort of on the back foot a little bit we haven't got every single thing that we would normally take with us so we need to become that much better at using what we've got i actually think it's good sometimes to be hemmed in in this way so that you can learn Mm. i remember years ago going to a jam session regularly every two weeks i played in this band at a jam session up in stanford the hope in essex and there was one ginger guy i'm sure not all ginger people are like this but this particular ginger person (laughs) used to turn up with two pedal boards to a jamming session. To a jam session. <laughs> I mean, the other guitarist was bad enough. He turned up with an entire Marshall stack, two 4x12s and a 100-watt head. You're jamming in a youth club on a Sunday night and it has stairs and no lift. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and you bought a 100-watt Marshall stack. Yeah. You, you know, I presented carrying a 2x12 cabinet and an amp head up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not got much lasting power, that kind of thing, I guess. That's right. But yeah, this guy bought two pedal boards. And it's almost like a comfort thing. Hmm. People want all their little bits around them because they're happy then that they'll give the best performance. And yeah, it's true. When you're comfortable with your rig and you know what it does, sure. But that's the whole point, is you need to sometimes maybe go out and make things work for you that wouldn't otherwise work, just to see if they will. So when you go and do a jam session, probably an amp, a couple of pedals if you want, and a guitar and a lead is enough. But make the guitar work for you. Find a sound, like if I plug this guitar in here... On about three. 
kind of clean. Clean enough. Yeah, yeah, nice sound. If I wind it up to about four or five. jamming situation with a, a it's enough isn't it it should be yeah but get used to making your guitar sort of do what you want it to do it'll be a good learning curve for you yeah okay yeah. you know to do that yeah that's great thank you very much yeah so i hope i hope that's that awesome. i hope that helps this is just honed from years and years and years of of doing these things and doing jam sessions the one other bit of advice i would give anyone who's jamming with friends jamming at an open mic if you're doing something you're not familiar with, keep your volume down until you're sure of it. Okay, that's a good good hint. Yeah, it's a very good hint. Till we get till we get warmed up as well, I guess, and all that kind of thing. Years ago, uh, I love my I love my uh, automobile analogies, as my mate used to call. It. <laughs> years and years ago, I used to love riding pretty fast bikes, 185 mile an hour bikes, to be precise. And I used to buy a bike magazine every single month. And I read it intently, especially when I was like really kind of into learning and I wanted to be better and faster. And they had this thing all about cornering once. And this chap said that he had an instructor once who had this little phrase. And he was, I think he was a South African guy, this guy who had this little phrase as well. So you could just put it in a, an Afrikaans accent and you're there, you know. <laughs> and, and his little phrase, when it came to corner, cornering on a motorcycle... He used to say, in like a kitten, out like a lion. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's it's brilliant, brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. In like a kitten, out like a lion. <laughs> so, so in other words, don't Fantastic. go hell for leather into a corner, but go in, brace yourself a little bit, you know, calm it down, and then wind it on gradually, progressively, but quick enough so you belt out the other side of it. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Once you've, perfect got, once you've got your yeah. vanishing point, you're ready to roll, then you wind it on nice and hard. It's the same with guitar. It's no different. If you're playing things that you're unsure of, you'll cock it up. Yeah. Don't make it a loud cock up. Make it a quiet cock up that just fizzles away in the background while you learn the song. And also by winding your guitar back, especially if you've got a good idea by ear kind of where chords go, you can listen to others. Half of jamming is listening to other people. Listen to what others are doing. You know, hear the chord progression. Try a chord is that right, is that wrong, you know, the, sometimes people give you sort of some of the chords, mm. and then you might get to a bridge and be a little bit lost, but if something goes there often enough in a piece of music, eventually you'll probably get it, but the bits you're not so sure of, hang back, and also if you're, if you're in the situation where you're using your volume on your guitar and your amp together to produce all your sounds, when you get to a louder part of the song, either hit the guitar a little bit harder or wind the volume up a little bit and give that song some dynamics. So when you go to a quieter bit, wind it back, sit in the background, learn the song as you go. And then as you gain confidence, then you can maybe up your volume a little bit. Yeah. But it's a much safer way to go, you know? Yeah, that's really, yeah. It's nice to hear that kind of being said by somebody who knows what they're doing as well, actually. You it's, know you're on the right track. You know you're on the right track, exactly, yeah. Well, I, I always think if you're playing something you're not sure of, you're kind of learning it. 
Yeah, yeah. And I've had many situations on stage, you know, where like... I could be sitting looking at the other guy's fingers and stuff, you know, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I've done that. I had one gig once where I was asked to play bass. I'm not a bass player. I own a bass. I'm not a bass player. But I was asked to play bass. Well, fine, right, we'll play bass then. Brought my bass combo along. Lovely. It was all 60s stuff. I don't really know any of it. I knew, like, a couple of tunes, and I certainly didn't know the proper bass line, so I was making this stuff up as I went along. (laughs) But I could... I had to look at the other guitar player like a hawk. I'd also back, even though I was on bass, back my volume off a little bit so I can hear what's going on on the other side of the stage so that I can at least give some kind of performance while I'm following what he's doing, even if it's not perfect. But with guitar, you've got even greater opportunity to wind things back a bit. Yeah, so do it. Do it. That's brilliant. Thank you. That's right. Did you want to jam over a track before we finish? Uh, If you've got time, why not? Let's do one. (laughs) B minor. game with guitar swap yeah yeah cool
<laughs> you, you have to get one of those. <laughs> I think I do. I think I better had. <laughs> e. Stay tuned for more episodes, jams, improvisation ideas and well-informed thoughts about amps, pedals and guitar gear. If you enjoy this podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes, find us on SoundCloud or see our website at tuneintoneup.com. Here you'll find show notes, tabs and other resources. I hope you're finding these lessons as interesting and useful as I do and if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear them. (laughs) 